As we all know, cats are in the process of changing air law legislation, which means where to find info is not always where it used to be. This impacts our daily flying, but also when you're trying to do exams and for instructors and check and training pilots to teach the right thing, it becomes challenging. In this episode, I'm going to go into particular the CAPS and the CEOs, which have been repealed, and look at where to find the new info and what's changed. All that and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 76 of the Flight Training Australia podcast, the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host, Jen Robinson. Thank you for joining me. How's your week been? How's your weekend been? I hope you're getting plenty of flying in. The dry season is definitely here now. The dragonflies are in abundance. The sky is mostly blue. Had a couple of little Klingon showers, but the air has just been beautiful and crisp. Uh, so definitely approaching tourist season and plenty of flying to happen up here in the NT and everywhere else, I'm sure. Been a busy week. Uh, in the news, a successful ditching off uh, the Perth coast of Leighton Beach near Fremantle there. Not sure what happened yet. That'll all uh, come out in good time. But uh, a mother and son returning from the Exmouth eclipse Uh ended up having to do a ditching just off the beach there it's all caught on film a uh, really good job only just slightly dipped the left wing there but it all smoothed out and came to a really good stop um cruise through the water a bit longer than you'd normally expect normally it comes to an arrest much quicker than that but uh really good job there and everyone uh, got out uh, uninjured and uh lived to tell the tale which is a good prompt just to remember things like ditching. It's not something we can practice. So if you haven't, good episodes to have a listen to, episode 21 and 22, where I talk all about it and also go into the uh, live uh, experience or real experience from Lynn Gray out at uh, Fly Oz and Cara there. So if you haven't listened to those, go check it out. It's information that could save your life one day and come in handy. Right, so in today's episode, CASA reg changes. Now, I have gone through this a few times and discussed the concept, including episode 66, where I talked about the overall structure and legislative framework. Um, so check that out if you haven't already. But it is a topic that keeps needing revisiting. And and I haven't touched too much in the area of the CAPs and some significant CAOs which no longer exist. Now, doing the job I do... Um, and others, of course, part of it is ensuring that I'm up to date on the latest changes and ensuring that what I teach is correct, accurate, and up to date. And look, I'll tell you, as I've said, this is proving to be challenging at times. I don't know how the average private pilot or even you know commercial pilot is meant to keep track. They would heavily rely on their instructors or check and training pilots to make them aware of these changes, but that's not how it's meant to work. You need to be informed yourself and maintain your license and qualifications, and that includes keeping up to speed with regulatory changes and not leave it up to someone else to tell you. And yes, I appreciate the irony of you now listening to this podcast with me telling you what's changed for that purpose. All right, but that is okay because this is still you going and taking action and informing yourself. So pat on the back, well done. All right, but rather than complete a spoon-fed session, let me liberate you a bit 
and give you some ways to keep track of this stuff yourself. And then go to some of the sources and we'll have a look at a few of the changes which are in reasonably uh, regular use in day-to-day flying. Of course, there's a heap of others, but we'll worry about them another day. Now, as I've said, I subscribe to all the relevant CASA email lists and this is uh, supposed to allow you to pick a bunch of uh, subject areas that are relevant to you. Now, I've done that, but all I seem to really get these days is the monthly newsletter, which is good because it does announce some of these changes in it, but there's other much more focus-specific mailing lists which would be a lot more useful and uh, bring smaller details to light that aren't really suitable for telling everyone about. Um, So that would be the first place I'd start. So if you just simply Google the CASA mailing list, add your details and click on the newsletters you'd like to receive and then see what happens. All right, now I've included the link in the episode description for you as well. Now the next one would be what has been repealed. Now what's in force and what isn't. Now if you're ever using the CASA website and you go to the legislation section there, always check right at the top, especially when you Google things. I've had a few instances lately of two of us looking up the same reg but reading different things, and it turned out that they had Googled it off off Google, and the link that it brought up, the first one they clicked on was a superseded regulation. So up the top, it is kind of good that regardless of the link you click, it will be in red and it will show that this version has been superseded and it will help direct you to the latest version. So just be really careful with that when you do Google things. I know the Castle website search engine's not great. Google finds things a lot better in that sense, but just be aware, make sure you check the validity of what you're reading. It will have an in and out date. So I've also got the list of the repealed documents in the... Uh, episode description as well. Otherwise, you can simply Google that. And this will go into telling you that on 2nd of December 2021, yes, quite a while ago now, the flight operations legislation changes went into effect. All right. So on that date, a large number of instruments and publications were either repealed or outright cancelled and no longer required to be complied with by industry. But what it's not very clear on is telling you, however, that what was in some of those documents has now gone somewhere else, either in essentially the same format and saying the same thing as it did, or it's completely chopped and changed things and some bits are here and some bits are there. And if you're a private operation, you need to do that bit, keep reading, but in another section if you're commercial operations. And this is part of the problem. It makes it really difficult uh, to, to to keep up with all this stuff. And I can tell you now, I still see a lot of industry uh, pilots either teaching or operating to these repealed documents because they didn't even know they had changed. So if you're a WHO, a HOFO, a HOTAC, a flight instructor, examiner, management role, or just any senior pilot or a pilot license holder yourself, um, you really want to try and keep up to date with all this stuff, especially if you're an assessor and you're about to fail someone, potentially for a rule or regulation that doesn't actually apply anymore. Nothing's more embarrassing. So this page on the CASA website lists all the CARs, CAOs, and CAPs, which have been repealed. And you might find some of the inclusions surprise you. 
There is also an accompanying document called the Impact of New Flight Operations Regulations on Flight Crew Licensing Exams. Now, the good thing with this one is that it talks about the generic changes uh, for everybody at the start, but then goes into all the different RPL, PPL, CPL, and ATPL and IREX exams and what things have changed potentially from study materials and uh, resources that you've been using previously. And you guessed it, yep, I will put the link to that document also in the episode description. So whatever you're listening to, you'll see the episode description there. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see all the uh, online contact details and things you can get me, my email address, Instagram, all that sort of stuff, and also any uh, links for the episode that you're listening to now and any other episode as well. That's where all the good stuff is. All right, let's take a look. So let's kick off with the CAOs first. And I have talked about this quite a bit, but let's just touch on it again in case you missed it. Um, so again, there's heaps of CEOs there that have moved and we don't have um, all day to go through every single one. But the ones that most commonly come up is 20.7.1 through to 20.7.4. And this is all the aeroplane weight and balance uh, or weight and performance limitations, sorry, either b- below or above the magical number of 5,700 kilos. Now, this applies to single engine and multi-engine aircraft. So if you're an RPL, PPL holder, you're doing your exams, uh, the main bit that was in this section that you may not be aware of, this is where it used to tell you that you need to add 15% safety factor to your takeoff and landing charts. All right. Now, CASA still apply these factors on the takeoff charts in uh, the exam booklet. All right. So you don't need to worry about it. You just use the question, use the chart that you're given, don't add anything more. But if you now have a look, this is all moved into part 91. And in the manual standards for part 91, it will show you now that we don't need to actually allow for takeoff and landing uh, chart increases as far as uh, the 15% safety factor goes for private operation. For commercial operations, you still need to do that. And that's all captured in either part 121 or part 135. All right, so just remember, part 91 covers all standard operations or base level stuff. And then depending on the type of operation you're doing, you then build on that and then consult part 135 or 121, et cetera. There's a couple of others, but they are the main ones that apply to people. All right, so those climb gradients, as far as multi-engine and single-engine aircraft, they're all gone, all right? And they are all now reliant on commercial operations to put them in their exposition. Now, I'm not going to go into it anymore. I have gone into that in a previous episode, and you can go and have a listen to episode 54 all about that. Now, what does um, affect everybody? And I found this bit very interesting, that this is in the exam document, and it's right at the end. And I've got to say, I read it, and I'm kind of confused. So this is all meant to be... Uh, giving some clarity on all these things, but if anything, it's just confused me. So allowance for wind on performance charts for takeoff and landing. Now, I'll read this um, verbatim as to what it says, and then you can have a think about whether you're confused as well. Maybe reading it again now to make more sense to me. All right, so it says, the aim of this section is to clarify what value for headwind and tailwind candidates use when planning a takeoff or landing. Now, this is regard to exams. The new CSRs in various places include the following statement. 
unless otherwise accounted for in the performance data set out in the aeroplane's aircraft flight manual instructions, not more than 50% of the headwind component or not less than 150% of the tailwind component for the runway. I guess that's what we're supposed to use. And that's referencing CSR part 135 um, and then the MOZ 10.07 2E or 1014 2F. See, it then goes on to say, where candidates need to use the P-charts to either plan a takeoff or a landing in an exam for RPL, PPL, CPL, ATPL, they are to use the full value of any headwind or tailwind component when entering the chart. Okay, so it's just talking about 50% and then it's saying full value. So I'm not quite sure what that's meant to do, but at the end of the day, it's telling you in the exams you use the full amount. You don't need to do your quartering or, or side... Um, percentage change in the wind so a bit confusing and the interesting thing is normally that if you're going to do a takeoff and landing chart in the real world especially for a destination you you use no wind because you can't use a forecast wind outside of 15 minutes and it's going to be more than 15 minutes before you arrive at your destination so if you do worst case wind it's going to be nil wind isn't it any headwind is going to help you and we assume that there'll always be a headwind to fly into there are some one-way airstrips that might result in a tailwind landing, um, but uh, they're very, very rare. So anyway, you can have a read of that and see what you think and ask your uh, ground school instructors to <laughs> get some information on that one. All right, other things that have moved. CAO 2011. Now, for commercial operations, you will be very familiar with this one. This is your emergency and life-saving equipment and passive control in emergencies. This is now moved to... What do you reckon? If your commercial operation is going to be part 91, no, it's going to be part 135 or 21, 121 as well. All right, so all that has moved across into the commercial operation because it doesn't concern private pilots. So these are all part of the repealed documents and have all been caught up in this process. There's a bunch of others. Um, uh, look, there's just too many to go through, but they're all in this list. So scroll through that. Have a look. Most of them, if you look at uh, the CASA website now, they're no longer in the CAO list, so there's a pretty good idea that they're not there. Um, but trying to get an idea of where things have gone is a little bit tricky, and I'll come to that at the end. All right, what about CAPS? CAPS are the Civil Aviation Advisory Publications. They were also cancelled on the 2nd of December 2021 and have been replaced mostly with things called advisory circulars or ACs. So these are the same things, but the new and improved cap, they're just prettier and probably slightly better written. All right, there are actually some very good ACs out there, some really good documents. So well done to Cass for getting all those and putting them together. Now, if you have a look through this, um, there's some ones that I know I have referred to a lot in the past. Cap 155, all about aerobatic training. 166, operations in the vicinity of non-controlled aerodromes. Uh, what else have we got here? We've got uh, 178 non-precision approaches, 179 alpha. That was the, the staple for GNSS training. Um, there's more and more. All right, so make sure you familiarize yourself with that list and what is included in it because that's what's going to uh, help you out with finding bits and pieces and making sure that you are on top of everything. Now, another one which comes up, and uh, I was just asked about this one very recently as well, is CAP 92, which was the ALA guide or the ALA dimensions. 
All right, so this now has been superseded by an advisory circular AC 91-02. So the cap was 92-1 and the AC is 91-2. You'd think they could uh, just keep the same number, wouldn't you? Make it easier to find, but alas. Go and have a look at that advisory circular. Now, the interesting thing when you look at that is you remember it used to say you needed to have a 10-meter wide runway or 15 depending on what sort of operation you're doing and obstacle displays and this and that, the other, all gone. It's really, it's it's almost come into the concept of common sense and have a look at the, uh, you know, think about what you do in a forced landing or a prep search and landing. Have a look at the approach, have a look at the surface, have a look at the surroundings, see what you think, make sure it's long enough and suitable for your aircraft and your type of operation. So it has very much opened things up. And as I've indicated previously, a lot of these changes are putting the onus back on the operator, either the private pilot or the commercial operation, to make smart, sensible decisions, which I think is good in the most part. But um, the the good thing with the caps uh, is that they do give some good advice and good suggestions, which is something to base you're thinking on. And I am very interested to see as time goes on, those people that have grown up with all of these guidelines and standards um, as newer instructors will graduate from the the current legislation, they won't necessarily have this uh, back info, I guess, as you could call it, and think about uh, well, how do they base these things on? It could it could be interesting. I'm sure it'll work out fine. It'll be based on common sense. But um, I think it's important that we think about, well, what were the regs? How did they work? Why were they like that? And what is it that we want to try and achieve here now and, and, and keep things safe? Because ultimately is what we're all here for. Make sure we all go home every day after a day or night's flying. All right. Now, if you need some more help with that, the final documents um, you can Google are the mapping of the civil aviation orders or the mapping of the civil aviation regulations uh, to the CASRs and that, that they're all there. Now, they are for balloons, they're for helicopters, there's ones for uh, air transport operations, smaller aeroplanes, obviously going into part 135, and uh, smaller aeroplanes as well, uh, larger aeroplanes as well, sorry. All right, so there's also mapping documents which will give the main regs and where they have gone to into the mods. So that might help you out as well just to track all this stuff. Okay, so all those links will be in the description for this episode. Go and have a look yourself. Get onto all those mailing lists and keep listening to Fight Training Australia podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends, tell everybody, and we will keep learning and discovering and figuring this all out together as we need to all right that's it for this week's episode thank you for listening i do love hearing your feedback thank you for the reviews that you've left on the apple podcast uh please keep those coming i do read them and it is just fantastic to see as always all the contact details are in the description as well there's so much information in those episode descriptions you should get in there all right you can email me info at trentrobinsonaviation.com.au you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Trent Robinson Aviation. You can find Flight Trading Australia on TikTok and, of course, LinkedIn there. And if you 
loving what you're hearing. If you think it's worth something, uh, think about what you spend at uh, flying schools and other things to get information. You can support me, support the show on patreon.com forward slash flight training Australia. Three levels of membership, all completely tax deductible. There's a price point there for everybody. Every little bit helps. And I would dearly love to have your support. And also just released now is a new annual subscription, which is there. And uh, that way it just takes care of it for the year. No price increases, no nothing else, no bouncing credit cards and all those hassles and keep life simple for you. All right, that's it for this week's episode. As I said, more awesome stuff coming, some really great interviews, uh, which will be released in the coming weeks. Until then, blue skies, and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Now go get back into all those back episodes and keep learning. Cheers, everyone.